The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. Green Scene on The Pat Kenny Show with AIB, working alongside Irish communities towards a low carbon future. We pledge to do more. Well, now it's time for the green scene and we're going to talk about how trees can help us store so much more carbon. But it's not as straightforward as all of that. Uh, But first, the bad news. The Greenland glaciers are receding twice as fast as we had thought. We're joined by Dr. Ruth Freeman, Director of Science for Society at Science Foundation Ireland. Ruth, good morning. Good morning, Pat. Uh, fresh back from Cork from the Science yes, Summit. Yes, we were down at the, the, the Science Summit together. That was great that you were there. But but this is news, um, maybe not such good news. And, and I suppose when we talk about ice melting and sea levels rising, we tend to focus on what are really the two biggest pieces of ice on this planet, which is the Antarctic ice sheet and the Greenland ice sheet. Yeah. Um, so, um, you know, about um, 80% of Greenland is covered in ice and we know that ice is receding. But what we've looked at less is the glaciers. And of course, there's glaciers all over the place. These are smaller chunks of ice that are sort of flowing down through through mountain valleys or plateaus and and of course one of this, and Greenland has about 20,000 of what they call these peripheral glacier, mm. glaciers they're smaller pieces of ice around the main ice sheet but but really we didn't have good information about what was happening to those yeah because who was measuring in the middle of the last century. Exactly. So until we had satellites kind of in the 80s, we didn't really know what was going on with these smaller pieces of ice. And this is very interesting research from the University Co- Cooperation for Atmospheric Research in Colorado. And what these researchers did, they actually found old photographs. So they were able to find really interesting photographs, most of them taken by US Navy planes who were mapping Greenland during the Second World War because both the, both sides on the war wanted to put bases in Greenland. So this is, this is where these photos have come from from. And they were able to look back at hundreds of different glaciers, about 800 glaciers, and look at them over time and see how quickly have they been receding or melting compared to with our modern data. And what they found was the rate is getting much, much faster. Um, So between 1890 and 1999, so a period of over 100 years, the glaciers were receding by about seven metres a year. But in the last 20 years, that's nearly doubled to nearly 15 metres a year that we are losing. So even though we're getting more snowfall, so to some extent that's adding to the glaciers as, the, as they are built and they, they flow down mountain valleys, you know, that they are disappearing more quickly now than they were um, in the, in the last how, century. How do we know we're not in a natural cycle where things warm and in time we'll have another mini ice age and we'll get loads of ice back. Yeah, I mean, again, they, they were able to, to look back, not at photos of the mini ice age, because of course that happened back in the 14th and 15th centuries. But when glaciers move, they are such huge, massive weights of ice, they push all sorts of debris and rocks ahead of them. So what they can, and we call that the moraine, and scientists can look at where this moraine ends. So they were actually able to identify where, where the glaciers actually reached in terms of the little ice age. Uh, and of course, they can use that information to, to compare what's been happening over hundreds and hundreds of years to what's happening now. They were able to model that and they were able to show that it is the increase in greenhouse gases over the last kind of particularly 20 years that is the contributing factor Mm. to these glaciers Uh, melting. What would happen to us if the ice sheets melted? I mean, the entire ice sheet melted, particularly the huge Antarctic one, which is enormous. You know, that's around... 
30 million cubic kilometres of water that's currently on land, which okay. would end up in the sea. So that's not floating glaciers, which are already in, in the sea. So, so, I mean, sea level will go up by over 60 metres. Yeah. I mean, anything that's floating doesn't matter. The principle of Archimedes, exactly. etc. is the exactly. same. Yeah. The ice expands when it becomes ice and therefore when it melts, it just becomes water. No change. No, not really. There's some salinity things, but essentially yeah. no. Yes. Okay. But, but when you've got stuff on land and yeah. that ends up in the water... What's the prediction? 60 metres of sea level rise is the prediction if if, Antar- if all the Antarctic ice sheet melts and obviously more with Greenland. So look, hopefully that's not what we're facing, but it certainly keeps keeps you interested in the topic. My 60 metres, yeah. So where would we all have to live? We'd certainly be moving, I'd be moving out of my house, that's <laughs> yeah, for sure. And so would, would you. Yeah. All right, let's talk about trees and carbon because the great yeah. saviour of the planet could be loads and loads of trees, preserve what forests we have, plant loads more, carbon sequestered, Hey, yeah, presto. I know. And and really some of this idea, it, it seems like a simple idea that we've been talking about for years, but it was kind of a landmark study in 2019, which estimated that, you know, Earth had space for about a trillion more trees. And in fact, if we planted those trees, we would, you know, capture back out of the atmosphere two thirds of everything that we would put in. And of course, if you combine that with other activities, this was kind of a really intoxicatingly hopeful idea mm. as to how we could solve the climate change issue. But, but as soon as the paper came out, people did start to challenge it because, you know, people said, look, it's not that simple. If we just plant loads and loads of young trees with monoculture, you know, we can't, that, that, that's going to take a hundred years to realise those savings and we don't have a hundred years to do that and there was other issues that were raised so they did the authors issued clarifications about three years ago they said look we didn't mean it to be that simple you know that we weren't saying that this could be used to offset and keep going as we are there is an urgent need to curb fossil fuels emissions I mean the idea would be that it would pull some of the carbon that's already there Yeah. if we could stop emitting carbon and then pull some of the carbon back to be sequestered then we'd have a very positive result. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I think that the challenge was, and we've talked about offsetting before, that wasn't maybe how people interpreted it. Some of us was, we can go about some of our business as usual and yeah. this will be helpful. But but this new report comes from hundreds of forest ecologists, including some of the people from the first paper. It was published in the journal Nature just last week. And in fact, they've taken a slightly different tack. Now they're looking at, as you said, restoring forests and really making doubling down on our efforts to protect old woodland. Because what science is telling us as we learn more and more is that older trees and established woodlands are very, very good at capturing carbon. They are much, much better than young trees and monoculture. Um, So really they are calling for a change in in how we think about this to really focus those efforts on older established forests. So preserve what we have. But still, if you want to have old trees in 100 years' time, you've got to plant them today. And restore, I suppose, where there was natural woodland. So where there's woodland that was there, but even some vestiges of it remain allow it to come back. They're saying that's a really, really critical part of what we need to do. And and yes, we do need to put in mixed forests that will encourage biodiversity to come into them. And they really do stress the importance of biodiversity because the more we learn about how our planet works, a lot of carbon is captured in all sorts of diverse life forms Mm -hmm. that actually live together in an ecosystem in a very finely balanced web. So actually just thinking about putting in a lot of monoculture, you're not going to reproduce the depth and breadth of biodiversity that you get in an old forest. So, Any hope for the Amazon? The Amazon, I mean, 
we heard a bit of good news. Uh, they're still cutting down a lot. They cut down an area the size of Cyprus last year, but that is actually less. It's actually nearly a 25% decrease in the amount that was cut down from the previous year. Um, so thankfully that's going in the right direction with that government. But I think we need to globally talk about these forests because trees capture 70% of their carbon in the second half of uh, their life. A, a comment here, the Tibetan ice glacier is melting dramatically, but it's not spoken about because of the political sensitivities in Tibet and China's suppression of information. So that glacier also disappearing. Uh, that, that's uh, from Nile. Well, Ruth, uh, Dr. Ruth Freeman, Director of Science for Society at Science Foundation Ireland, uh, thank you very much. Green Scene on the Pat Kenny Show with AIB, working alongside Irish communities towards a low carbon future. We pledge to do more. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk.